Father, I thank you for this Sabbath rest. Uh, Sunday always feels special because it is. It's anointed. It's, it's the day that you said rest. Uh, not the day to do nothing, but the day to do something uniquely different. A unique focus on our sovereign God, our loving Savior. Our ever-present help in time of trouble. So God, we come to you like the centurion. We're not worthy. And now, Lord, we thank you that just the saying of those words opens our hearts to a floodgate of your mercy. You're here. You're coming. You're already walking on the way to this stage and into hearts and homes through monitors and keyboards, through front doors and car doors, down uh, lonely dirt paths into various villages, sprawling urban uh, marketplaces, into prisons, simply because somebody said, I'm not worthy for you to come, you're coming. So now, Lord, I pray that Sean would receive a, a special blessing of the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's never, this day has never happened. Yesterday really doesn't matter. What he needs is power for today, a power for the moment. A power to be able to point people to Christ. Who is worthy for such a task? No man, no woman. But even saying we're not worthy, you are making us today worthy to do that very thing. By the power of the Holy Spirit, for your glory, the blood of Christ is all over this stage, all over Sean, all over me, and therefore we're ready. Totally helpless, totally ready in Christ. Would you bless him so that as he speaks, people would lay down their baggage, pick up the cross, drink in new life, feast on new love, be changed, transformed, born again, the trajectory of their life changed from hell to heaven. A citizen of the earth now becomes a citizen of heaven. Would you do that? We beg you all over the world. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Good morning. I want to first just thank this church because this church is very special to me. This is the first church that I joined when I came to Spartanburg. And when I first came here, I was in a bad state. Uh, and this church loved me when I was unlovable. Uh, I was fresh out of prison, not for the first time, but for the third time. And I made a lot of bad decisions and and uh, some people right here in this church accepted me, allowed me to come into their homes and, and uh, do small group. And, you know, and again, I said I was fresh out of prison. And they never treated me no way different. I really believe if it was not for the people in this church that I wouldn't be where I am today. So it's an honor, first of all, to be here today, to give back to a place that freely gave to me. And guys, uh, uh, I hope today that I would, uh, the Lord would give me something that would bless you. I want to talk about something today that's very pressing on my heart because for many, many years, I had a lot of bitterness. And I found this to be true, not only in my life, but in many people's life that I encounter. I'm going to be coming out of the book of Hebrews, but before we get there, 
I would love just to give you a background of this book. This book was written, scholars say, in A.D. 70. This is about 70 years after the death of Jesus. Uh, they said it's, it, it probably was before the, they destroyed the temple because the, the writer of this book, who we do not know, did not mention this. Some say that the writer of this book could have been Paul, could have been Luke, could have been Mark, even Priscilla. No one really knows, but they do know two things, that this person said that they were an eyewitness and that they called Timothy a brother. So this author or this writer, and I'm going to refer to him as the Hebrew writer as we talk today, he tells us about this book. And the first thing he tells us is that Jesus Christ is greater than the angels, that he was greater than Moses, that he was greater than all of the Old Testament prophets that he was greater than the priests. That this Jesus was better than Judaism. Because see, these people were struggling with, with Judaism because they, were, they became Christians, but they were being persecuted because their family stopped talking to them. And, 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 that, and so they didn't have uh, 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 the, the, the love of their family and they were separated. They, they were in a pandemic. Anybody know about a pandemic? They were in a terrible time. And the author let us know that Jesus Christ, this new covenant of grace, was better than the old covenant of law. <laughs> How many of you know that we need grace today? Amen. Especially in times such as this, we need grace. But then we get to chapter 11, which is a pivotal point. Because he said, now that you know all of this about Jesus, now it's going to take something called faith. And he said, faith is things that we cannot see. <laughs> I know right now there's a lot of things we do not know or cannot see. But we got to have faith in Jesus to know that he's going to bring us through this. So this author, he then goes on and, 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 and he tells us in, in 11.6 that Without faith, it's impossible to please God, that we're going to need faith. See, first, let me tell you first thing, what, what, what we need to do. First, number one, we have to believe in Jesus. Number two, we have to trust Jesus. But number three is the most important, we have to follow Jesus. See, we have to give all of our hurts, our hang-ups, and our habit to Jesus. So this author says he gives us a whole list of people that by faith they please God. He starts off with the two brothers. One brought a good sacrifice and one did not bring a good sacrifice. Another one got jealous. And he goes on, he talks about Moses, he talks about Abraham, and he goes on and, and he tells us about all of these people who by faith they trust God. Then we get to book chapter 12 where we're going to be talking at today. And I love the way he starts chapter 12 because he says that we have a cloud of witness. I don't know about you, but I remember mama, daddy, a whole lot of church sisters, people here in this church that have been great witnesses to me. So he said, then he goes on and said, don't let sin entangle us. Then he tells us a real good thing, that Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith, that he wants to rewrite the story. 
I don't care how bad that story is. I don't care how you might feel this morning, how, how bad they might hurt you. Jesus Christ can deliver you from that today. And that's what I want to talk about. Because, see, he goes on a little bit more, and he tells us that who the Lord loves, he chastens. He disciplines us. I don't know about you, but I needed, a li- I needed a lot of discipline. I didn't need a little. He disciplined me. But then it brings me to my point this morning. And if I would give this a topic, I would call it a wounded soldier. Wounded soldier. Before we get in any further, I want to just read, and we're going to be reading this great path from Hebrews 12 and 17. And the first thing I want to read today is it says, Therefore, straighten the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may be not dislocated but rather healed. See, uh, life has brought some things on us that has been dislocated, but I'm going to talk about that a little later on. It goes on and says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causing trouble and by this many, many becomes defiled. Lest there be any fornication, any profound person like Esau who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for, the, for he found no place for the repentance though he sought diligently with tears. Friends, I want to tell you two life stories I want to use today. I want to use mine. And I want to use somebody else. And this other person I want to use, I just want you to watch this with me. It's an amazing song. Just kind of happened. Took about 10 minutes, I guess. Bart, you didn't write this song in 10 minutes. Took a lifetime. How'd you do this? You know, I've never told anybody my story. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. Where's Mama? She's gone. She don't want me no more. And she don't want you neither. And I've always loved music. And I found some songs that I just, I held on to. They gave me hope. Mercy me, that can't be his real voice. Because I needed it. Dad, I can do this. No, you can't. And you're gonna blink your eyes and you're gonna realize that life has got you nowhere because you chased some stupid dream. I can I'm leaving. I want you to know that I pray for you all the time. And I hope that you find whatever it is that you're looking for out there. What are you running from? My dad. Been right about. It. Let that pain become your inspiration. I have some stuff I need to sort out. And I deal with it the only way I know how. And that's to write a song. You hungry? I set the table. What is this? 
I want to make things bright. You and me. My dad was a monster, and I saw God transform him. You have a gift, real gift. I didn't think that God could do that. So I wrote this song for my dad. No, I'm not promoting the movie, but it is a great movie. But I want to focus on his life. See, Bart got saved at the age of 11 at a camp. And from that point on, life got real hard for him. His mother left. He was left in a home with his father that he described to be a monster. His only desire was to get out of that house. And he did. He got out of the house and he went and he worshiped, but he was missing something. He was a wounded soldier. So he kept trying to put it behind him, forgetting about it, but it kept showing up. It showed up in his relationships. It showed up in his worship because he never dealt with the bitter roots. Like Bart, I had some bitter roots in my life. I had some things that I found out to be that was overwhelming me because I never made a straight path to go through it. I always avoided it. And because of that, for 40 years, I was in a vicious cycle of me. I had to surrender. A little piece of my story is that my mom was raped before she found out that she was pregnant. So when I kicked, I was not a reminder of a great time, but of a very horrific time. So I was rejected in her belly. And for so many years, I carried that bitterness until I was 40. And I forgave my mother. And when I forgave my mother and began the healing, God just turned it all around. The last 10 years of our life, me and my mother, we were so close. She got sick, and in and, and the last four years of her life, I brought up here in Spartanburg, and me and my wife, we nursed her to health. Last year, in August the 29th, my mother went on to be with Jesus. And her last wish was for me to preach her going home service. It was a very hard and challenging thing, but I was able to do it because I made my peace with my mother. Today, I want to talk about this because we have a lot of people that has not made their peace, not just with their family, but maybe with a person that fired you, maybe a person that abused you, maybe somebody who have emotionally just made you feel less than. Because you know, that's a lie that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. No words will cut to the bone. So I want to just give you three points, three little small points this morning on how we, and I'm not talking about the world, I'm talking about the church, that we can allow things to get in our way that will hinder us from the fullness of Jesus' precious, precious story. See, 
looking back at Hebrews 12, we're going to just break this thing down. It's a healing process. See, he says, therefore, straighten the hands which hang down in the feeble knees. See, life has came and it has given us some things that really has hurt us. That really, really just made us feel like giving up. And you know what? And, 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 and we say, well, you know what? I'm just not going to remember it. But it always comes back at you. It really comes back at you. So, friends, let me tell you this. We have to face the conflict. We got to begin to deal with the issues. Some of them might be anger, rejection, fear, hatred, shame, guilt, jealousy, resentment, low self-esteem, bitterness, even workaholics. We hide in our work or hide behind our work. Codependency. We try to fix everybody. And then anxiety, we just worry about. And, it's, and, it's, and the list go on and on. These are just things that I thought of that gets in the way when we hold on to our things that happen to us in life. See, but the good thing is, see, we got to be confident of this everything that which has begun, I mean, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. See, God has chosen you, and he wants to do a good thing in your life. He wants to show you his glory. It comes in forgiveness. It comes, it comes in us, first of all, being honest and dealing with these things. See, verse 13 says, a very profound verse, it says, and make straight path of your feet. See, stop avoiding it. Stop hiding from it. We need to face it, see, so that what has been lame may not be dislocated because things have been dislocated for so long. It's been out of, out of order. We've been carrying resentment and anger. Person walk in the room, we mad, and they done, we done changed our whole continence, our whole attitude. See, he says, but rather be healed. Can I tell you, friends, that healing is a process? See, let me tell you the difference from being healed and being wounded. See, when you're wounded, see, see, like everything hit that thing and it hurts, and, 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 and you look at it and it just never heals. But when you are healed, then you have a scar. And all a scar is a memory of the pain that God has brought you out. Today, God wants you to take the bandage off. And let the healing begins. But now, we have to participate in this healing. We need to do this. See, this is a process of spiritual growth. We will make mistakes. I have made many mistakes. Judge people wrong, you know, because I'm still judging from my pain. I'm still looking at things from where I'm hurt and, and, and expecting people to treat me how I was treating them. Why? Because I'm a person of hurt. But see, so we're going to make mistakes. But the good thing is, God does not waste pain. He turns it into his beauty. See, it ain't them great things that I did. It's those mistakes that I made that drew me closer to him. To where I learned him. See, he met me in the midst of my storm. He helped me in that storm to learn how to dance in the rain. See, this is what God wants to do. He don't want you to keep running from this thing. He wants you to embrace it so he can show you his glory. 
and how he can help you to heal from these things. See, see the healing process begins with peace. See, I do not want to follow it, but it says make every effort. So that means, that word make means that I got to do something. All right? All right? See, I, that was not me. I had my attitude, my, my resentment, you know what I mean? I'm bad, you know what I mean? It says, make every effort to live in peace with everybody. Even that person that you know talking about you on the other side of church, you still, you still, you still got love on you. Even people that you know that don't like you for no reason, you still because you are a Christian. You are a man or a woman of God. See? Making every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. See, that word holy is to be set aside. You, you're different. See? See? We, we can't be like everybody. Yeah, you have every right to, but you can't because you know God forgave you. So you want to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Can I tell you holiness is a process though? And I want to just get a little deeper into this. See, these Hebrew people, see, they, the readers were familiar with all the ceremonies and cleansing and rituals that prepared them for worship. And they knew that they had to be holy or clean in order to enter the temple. I want to focus on holy or clean. See, they would clean themselves up because they didn't want to be holy. So they had an either or. Can I tell you today, we don't have an either or. We got to be holy. It ain't how much we clean. And, you know, I went, when I went to Israel, they wore boxes on their head and, and all, with the scriptures in it, and they wrapped their hands. They looked apart, but their hearts were far from it. It's time to stop pretending, and it's time to walk in holiness. See, God wants us to have clean hands and hearts by forgiving one another. Can I tell you something about forgiveness? It ain't a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. And some people, every time I see them, I got to say, all right now, Sean, you done gave that to God now. Put the smile on. Come on. Because you got to keep forgiving. Because see, sometimes people keep doing the, the same thing that got you to be mad in the first place. But you got to realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the wiles of the devil, principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Not against flesh. But this is what we got to fight against. And we have to live peace with everyone. Let's move on. See, the healing process of peace, therefore, let us pursue the things which makes for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Stop focusing on what the bad they did. Stop looking at some of the good. You know, tr try to look past their faults and see their needs. Because all of us have a need. And I found out one thing. Everybody want to be loved. I've never run into somebody who did not want to be loved. Everybody want to be loved. And let me tell you something. Love covers a multitude of sin. You just keep being kind. You'll wear them down. 
You just keep on hanging in there. See, that's Romans 14, 19. Another thing I want to share with you. Therefore, having this promise, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Perfecting holiness, performing holiness in the fear of God. Second Corinthians. See, we got to clean ourselves. You know what people love? They love to see the joy of the Lord. See, the world can take everything from you. But can I tell you one thing the world can never take from you? And that's your joy. Because see, the world didn't give you that. God gave you your joy. And don't you let them steal that joy. Don't let Corona... COVID-19, the what's going on in this world, don't let that focus. You better focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he still sits on his throne. He wants us to trust him in all that we do. And see, sin always blocks our vision of God. We must, we must re renounce sin and obey him. See, we, we, yes, they did a lot. And yeah, I got it right. No, I don't. Because I was forgiven. And guys, I've been forgiven from a lot. A lot of people don't understand that. And they said, Sean, why are you so passionate? Well, he brought me out of a lot. And I'm going to tell the world, because I promised him that. See, another thing I want you to know, a, a right relationship with God leads to right relationship with fellow believers. We must pursue peace as we become more Christ-like. It's our job. We can't say, well, I done tried, I done told them one time, and I said, no, no. We got to keep on. Why? Because we are being Christ-like. You know what Jesus said on that cross after all they did? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, friends, the best thing we can do today is to free ourselves from whatever is holding us. See, we need to give it to Christ. Then we're going to turn to, 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 to verse 15. See, I want to just hit a little deeper into this. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone falls short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up, causing trouble, and by this, and by this, many becomes defiled. I want to remind you that this Hebrew writer was not writing this to the world. He was writing this to the church. There's so many people in church today, I mean, have been in church all their life, and they're still harvesting or harboring bitter roots. They still got folks they, they don't talk to. If they see them coming, they cross the street. You know, they, 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 you know, I will never forgive them. Can I tell you today? Today is the day that we need to come to holiness, that we need to forgive, and we need to let God heal us from this wound that we carry. See, guys, it ain't profitable for us to carry this. The Scripture tells us, see, but, um, it, but first, before the Scripture tells us, it's like a small root that grows into a great tree. Bitterness springs up in our hearts and overshadow every, 
I mean, even our deepest Christian relationship. See, this bitterness, it just separates us. We look at Bart, he loved that young lady since he was 11 years old. And he ran from her. He could not love her. Not until he made peace with his dad. And when he went to go home that night, because he knew he had to go back there, but he still was not ready to make peace when he went back, his dad had a beautiful breakfast that morning for him. He said, what is this? He said, dad said that he just want to make things right. He wasn't ready for things to be right. He still wanted to hold on to the past. Are you holding on to the past? Is there some things that's causing you not to walk into the fullness of God's grace? Let this morning be this morning that you say, I surrender all. A root of bitterness comes when we allow disappointments to grow into resentments or when we nurse God over past hurts. Bitterness, which is jealousy, dissension, and immoralities. We allow these things just to fester and fester and fester. I was talking to a young man the other day, and he just knew that he did not love his sister, and he had nothing to do with his sister. And I asked him one question. I said, what did she do? And he couldn't remember, but he knew it hurt him. He couldn't even remember what hurt him, but he knew he couldn't talk to her no more. And I said, man, if you can't remember it, why are you still holding on to it? Why are we allowing depression to suppress us? and to keep us in bondage. Guys, I, I want you to examine your hearts today. See, because if you were anything like me, I always try to fix everybody else. Can I tell you but one person that we can fix this morning? And that's us. That's the only person you can fix today. And God want us to come to him because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He wants to rewrite the story. This is what God wants to do today. See, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fell away from grace. Galatians 5, 4, you still want to, well, you just don't know what they did to me. Well, do you know what Jesus done for us? He died for that. He has set us free from that. And all we got to do is walk in it. Friends, it's time. See, we then, as workers, I mean, working together with him, also plead with you not to be or not to receive the grace of God in vain. 2 Corinthians 6.1. See, we have grace. We're not under the law. We're under grace. Let's walk in grace. And I don't know nobody in here who don't want grace. As a matter of fact, I asked a guy, we was talking, and he, and he said, no, I want justice. I said, you want justice? I said, what if God gave you justice? Uh-uh. No, I want grace. Well, why can't you extend that? Give what you want. Everybody want justice. No, Lord, I, I thank God I didn't get justice. Ooh. I thank God for his grace. 
See, the good news is the Holy Spirit can heal the hurts that cause bitterness. I'm going to say that again. The good news is the Holy Spirit can heal the hurt that cause bitterness. See, I know some people today, I mean, they're in church and they just can't figure out why. Can you go back? That's one thing I like about Celebrate Recovery. We, we, we do what we call an inventory. And we go back to where the pain began. I thank God that I joined that because I t- went back there and I realized that I harbored some resentment for my own mama. And if I didn't forgive my mother, man, you know how I would feel today if she had died and I still hold on to that? Thank God that I surrendered to God. See, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, friends, there is liberty. There is freedom. I don't know where you're at this morning. I ask you to search your heart. I want you to know today that God is able to free you. That your smile can be real and you can be joyous and people can ask you, what's wrong with you? And you can tell them, Jesus. Jesus gave me joy that was unspeakable. See, this good news is so good. Therefore, if the Son (laughs) makes you free, you shall be free. Indeed, oh, I thank God I'm free today. Guys, that freedom is right here, and it's knocking at your door. I want you to just let it in. Could you just let God in today? He wants to set you free from all of it. See, behold, oh, I love old Isaiah. I will do a new thing. Anybody need some new stuff done in their life this morning? See, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I, I will even make a way out of the wilderness in a river in the desert. God wants to do something new. God's going to, if somebody had told me back there in 2006 that Sean Parker, <laughs> deadbeat dad, crack addict, convict, would be able to be standing here on this day doing what God has assigned me to do this morning. I would have laughed at him. God's the one to let you know that he's rewriting the story. And he wants to turn that mess into his glorious meshes. That's what he wants to do. Stop being ashamed of what God has delivered you from. I, 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 I often tell people my story. I remember when I first got married, I would tell people that I'm a convict and I, I, was in, you know, I went to prison. And my wife said, why are you telling them? I said, well, baby, I don't want nobody else to tell them. I think I can tell my story a little better. You know what I mean? So I, I want to tell. Next thing I know, she started telling us, all right, now you got to tell your own story. Don't be telling mine. <laughs> what I'm telling you guys is that we remember what Revelation 12 and 11 says. We overcome by two things, the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimonies. See, that's what Lazarus was. Lazarus was a testimony. See, he was dead for four days. And when he came, when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, and he hopped out of there, everybody just jaw dropped. 
But see, Elijah still had some issues, just like some of us. So Jesus had to say, loose him. Woo! He was able to walk. Some of you have come out of the tomb, but you still need to be loose. So that you can walk in the joy and in the glory of God. See, because he wants to do this new thing in your life. See, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Guys, it's scary. Why? Because it's new, especially for men. We like everything the same. But see, God wants to do a new thing. And we can't fear. See, fear not. I have redeemed (laughs) you. I have called you by name. You put your name there. You are mine. I am, I mean, I am with you. Isaiah 43. There's an old song that I love. And I catch myself singing it all the time. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I like this part right here. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. You drown my fears and I mean you drown my fears in perfect fear. You rescued me so I could stand and say. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Are you a child of God this morning? See, God wants to be right with you. He will walk with you and talk with you through this whole thing. Is it fearful? Yeah, a little. But if you trust him, I guarantee you it'll be better than how it began. See, I urge you today, if you find that you are dealing with some bitterness, that you don't have the peace, and that you realize there's some things dislocated, that you will do this. Get you some pastoral counsel, maybe some private Christian counseling. Oh, you got some great elders here who would be happy to talk to you. And I can tell you from experience that there are brothers and sisters in this church that would be happy to come beside you and help you. And last but not least, celebrate recovery. It changed my life. Guys, if, and if that's something that you need, man, I, 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 I'm telling you, my number is, is well, I, I thought my number was on the slide, but you can get my number from anybody here. I would be happy to tell you more about celebrate recovery. But the, the one thing I'm going to tell you this morning is that celebrate recovery deals with hurts, hang-ups, and habits. You tell me who don't have that. You know, everybody thinks it's all about alcohol and drugs, but no. Celebrate recovery, mold me into the leader that I am today because it deals with the character defects. See, only step one talks about the addiction. All the other steps point you to Christ. The last three of them is how we live our life out today. I guarantee you, if it wasn't for this program that I know that God hands us upon, I know I wouldn't be who I am today. So I urge you, if you find yourself dealing with issues 
that is overwhelming, to please seek the help that I know that you can find in the freedom of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, I am so grateful and thankful this day that you are a healer, that you and you alone are a deliverer, that, Lord, you came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. So, Father, I pray that the seeds that have been scattered this morning, that it would fall on good soil, some that would reap 30, 60, some 100-fold, pressed down, shaken up, and running over, that men and women will come and face the bitterness, that they won't continue to be wounded soldiers, but they would find freedom in the liberty of Jesus Christ, that they would realize greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world, that you are able to do all things this morning, Father, but fail. Oh, touch us with a fresh anointing. I hear this week that many will come and just share that I need help. And I thank you, Lord, today that you have set us free. For who the Son has set free is free indeed. Amen.